You're listening to Wake Up Call with Christina Previtt. I'm the CEO and co-owner of New Jersey Divorce Solutions, a law firm located in Edison, New Jersey. I've been practicing exclusively divorce and family law for the past 16 years. Everyone has a story. I interview them. Wake Up Call is an opportunity for you to hear inspiring stories from people who are making hard decisions, overcoming their fears, and living their most authentic life. Hey, everybody, this is Christina Previtt with Wake Up Call, the podcast, and you're joining me today for another edition of the hashtag FemSquire series. And joining me today is FemSquire, reformed FemSquire, Shamina Taylor. And she was a lawyer and managed to escape law, (laughs) which I know I say in such a negative way, but it's a good thing. And now she's a business coach. So she's going to tell us how she did that and other juicy tidbits. Welcome, Shamina. Thank you for having me. This is amazing. Um, So yeah, how does a lawyer go to becoming a a spiritual business coach, mentor? Well, bring it back to like really quickly, 2013, I was January 9th to be exact. I was on a yoga mat and I was there because my girlfriend was having her class filmed on TV. And of course, being the lawyer in me, I wanted to be on TV. You know, I also wanted to be the best performing student, but I had done about like three yoga classes at that point, but I went in there with like my cutest Lululemon. I was going to kill it. I was going to be the star of this B-roll that they were videoing. And halfway through, she had us go into like this move, like this pretzel move. She was kind of showing off, making us go up and down. I'm like, you don't need to make us do all of this, you know? And as we're in this move, she's talking about, are you living your life over and over again? Are you really happy? And I started feeling this pain come over me. And I'm like, what is happening? You know, my hips were getting really tight and being an overachiever, I was going to push through that pain because that's what I did. And I was a bodybuilder. I still am. And that's what I, you know, I I was trained to do. You just push through the pain. And as I was pushing through the pain, it started becoming so excruciating. It turned into like emotional pain. I don't know what really happened, but I literally had like the biggest like breakdown of my life on this yoga mat where I started hearing what she was saying. I'm like, was I really happy? Was I living every day for my full to my fullest? Was I happy with all the success? Like I had so much material wealth, I had so many achievements, and yet I was still missing something. I was still unfulfilled inside. There was something missing inside of me. And in that moment, it's like my whole life was like the facade. It came like crashing down. You know, this you know perfect marriage, two kids, traveling to Europe, having my own business. You know, I had every material wealth you could you could desire. And in that moment, everything got dismantled. And about a month or so later, like mutually agreed, my ex hasn't moved out and he never moved home again. And it was the beginning of my awakening. I realized that there was something that was calling to my soul that um, was much deeper than what um, I was allowing. Cause I was in such hard masculine achievement mode, you know, performing, performing, performing. I didn't realize that there was something else that I was meant to do in this lifetime. So something was calling to me to wake me up. And this was my big wake up moment. And I literally spent the next three years in what I'd call monk mode. Um, I was celibate for three years. I was in deep spiritual work. I realized the life that I'd created was not what I, one I was identifying with anymore. It was a huge identity, identity crisis. Um, I kept my house and my two kids and I had to literally start all my, start my life over again. It was, it was crazy. Let's give people some context. What were you doing for work at that time? You were a lawyer. 
I was, I had my own practice. I was, a, you know, real estate attorney contracts and the market was kind of, you know, we had 2008 and the market dipped and that, you know, I still maintained, I still had people coming through, but you know, mommyhood was taking over. I was trying to run my business still with my kids and I was, you know, I was doing it all because I could do it all. You know, that's what we're programmed to do. And, um, my practice was thriving, you know, it was, it was, it was great. I was doing, it was doing wonderful, but I wasn't happy. It wasn't fulfilling me. Like something was missing. Like there's, there was nothing more that was adding to it. Like I couldn't buy anything else to make me feel better. You know, I, I couldn't, I couldn't get out of where I was. And so, you know, I was, I was a shopper, you know, I'd go out drinking, I would, I would exercise. I had like, you know, I was perfect body, but something inside of me needed healing. And so in that moment, I realized that's what the work I needed to do. I'd like blocked all my emotions because I'm in such overachiever mode, perfection mode, excelling. And when you, when you're, when you become a lawyer, you you are a high achiever, you know, you're going through that. And as a lawyer, most women that I know that are lawyers, they're in this, you know, thriving goal setting energy, which is pure masculine energy. And I wasn't tapping into this feminine energy within me, which is what my spiritual awakening was bringing me. And I spent years, it's been about eight years now since that moment on the yoga mat. And I had this complete transformation. I knew there was something calling to me and I I knew I was going to be a great leader in this world in some way and help other women awaken to the calling within them. What's, you know, we, we think because we went to school for so long and we had this career that we have to stick to it. And that's what was a really hard moment for me to release that identity, the achievement and being able to, you know, merge into this new area. And I am so happy that I have, because, because of the experience I've had and the healing work that I've done, I've realized I am like, you know, this healer extraordinaire, who's still a badass, like I'm still a boss. Um, and I'm helping other women awaken to their, you know, fulfilling purposes within themselves. I work from women who are starting their business all the way to multimillionaires who are looking for something else that's missing because the fulfillment doesn't come from work. You know, when you start going on a deeper level in your soul and you're looking for something that's really, you know, just lights you up every day, you're just like, oh, I don't want to go to work. It, you know, I was a complainer. I like gossiped. I blamed. I had all the, the, the makings of a victim, you know, cause I was in my victimhood, even though I was a high achiever and going through this process, I realized how much easier life is right now. It's like flow based, you know, falling back into my feminine. It's just a beautiful thing. And I'm making way more money now than I ever have before and working way less. Well, let's, let's dig in a little bit here because you're moving fast. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure you're not from Jersey? <laughs> He's co-side, you know, well, yeah. And just so our listeners know, you're from, you said Chicago, right? I've, yeah, I'm from Chicago. I was originally, originally born in Toronto. Okay. So, all right. You're not that far from us. No. From us Jersey girls. Um, but why did you become a lawyer in the first place? So here's the thing. I think I was, you know, I was talking to my mom about this not too long ago. I'm like, she's like, ever since you were eight, you're like, you're like, I'm going to be a lawyer. She's like, you just were always argumentative. You know, you just always spoke up. And I think the thing of, why, I don't know, I can't speak for other attorneys, but I just always had an opinion and I was like going to say it. And so, and people were always trying to shut me up and like, that wasn't going to happen. I was going to say what I had to say. My throat chakra is wide open. And so I teach other women to like open that bitch up, like just keep talking, say what you got to say. And so I've been like that throughout everything. And, and to me, I was advocating for other women who and other people who couldn't speak up in a lot of ways because I had this trauma that I was dealing with. And I was always there for the underdog. I loved serving people. 
I loved how I went into, I actually ended up in real estate. I don't even know. I was starting personal injury and then I ended up in real estate because I loved the feeling of people getting their first homes. Like just that feeling of this new monumental experience in their life. And many of the people that came to me were first time home buyers and they were on a thread sometimes trying to put together that deal. And I, I closed all my deals, all of them. And um, I did foreclosures before foreclosures were a thing. It was like the hype back when, and I loved, I loved, I loved doing what I did. I could work from home. I could have my babies. I was my own boss. You know, I could go to the office if I wanted to. There was so much. What was the, what was the trauma? If you want to talk about that. Well, I had some physical abuse from a family member when I was younger. It was, uh, it was, you know, it was, it was hard. It's, 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 it's to protect them. I keep, you know, I, I, cause I've forgiven, but it was physical abuse and it was to the point I was 15 and I don't remember a lot of it, but I was in a victim mindset and, you know, I just never got any care for it. I went into self-preservation mode, put up this emotional shield. And then I just went on to become an overachiever because most people who have any level of trauma, it doesn't even have to be physical. It could be your mom left you in the aisle at Walmart and you like had an abandonment moment or something, or your, your mother was critical of you. You could have some level of trauma in you and overachievers go for where they can get validated. Like I'm good. Look at me. And that's all I did. I have three degrees. I mean, you know, I'm a lawyer. I'm like, look at my success. My law firm was thriving. I'm like, and it still wasn't enough. And so that doesn't ever really go away. Does it? I think it goes to different things. So I don't feel like it does. And I feel like if you ever, I tried to abandon that part of me when I was awakening, I was like, I don't ever want to be her again because look what it looked like. Look what that life got me. And I took off all my jewelry. I took off, I started wearing, you know, using my Louis Vuittons. I was, you know, I don't want any more riches. I'm like, I'm, and then I came to a point, I'm like, you can't pay your bills with this. You know, you got to figure some shit out. And then I heard mother Teresa and, you know, cause I wanted to be this, you know, spiritual you know, healer. I heard mother Teresa had a jet. So I'm like, all right, that's it. I'm like, I've got to get back into this again. And then I realized that Wealth and success are okay. It's okay to have those things. And um, it's just, you got to do it in alignment with what you love and don't do things because you think the doing of them is going to make you, you know, more liked or validated. I was seeking validation for most of my life because I didn't feel worthy, you know? Well, when you were doing real estate, I mean, there was a time when you were happy doing that. You're right. I was, I was so happy. I got to tell you like that's when my kids were being born. There was really good movement in my life. And, um, it was when my second child was born. People don't tell you about postpartum and being a very controlled, emotional woman. I didn't allow myself to feel anything. So I kept bypassing whatever the, um, the, uh, postpartum was trying to bring up. And I'm like, my, I would see my doctor's office calling the caller ID every week. I'm like, I'm not answering that call. I can handle this. And then I just moved on to something else. I went and built my dream home and I just kept bypassing the healing. I just kept bringing something else in so I could just distract myself with happiness. And at some point on that yoga mat, it was like, okay, time's up. <laughs> like, so was that really when you started to deal with the trauma that you had experienced? Yes. Yes. And how did you do that? Well, I, I went and saw a therapist. Well, let, let me back up. So I went and saw some psychics because I wanted to find out, should I leave this marriage? Should I stay? I'm like, what the hell is happening to me? 
And so I kept, you know, seeing one psychic and another. And then I remember going to one and she's like, your third eye is closed. And I'm like, what the hell is a third eye? And she's like, well, it's your connection to self. And I left there and being the overachiever I am, I'm like that bitch, I need to get that bitch open right now. Who's going to help me <laughs> open up that third eye? So I contacted a yogi friend of mine who I was actually at the studio. And she's like, I have a healer for you. I'm like, all right, let's set this up. Didn't know what I was getting on board with. She ended up guiding me through a lot of what it was, was going on. And I hired a therapist because the cognitive brain thinking me needs a therapist. But when I realized after going to the therapist that we started working on things, I'm like, I don't want to talk about the trauma from my past and my childhood. I just want to talk about the divorce. You know, I was, I was trying to control everything. Cause that's what you do is you try to control everything. And she's like, that's not really how it works. And I'm like, no, no, no. I, and then I, I'm like, I just want to do that. And then she said, all right. And what I realized is, and when I worked with the healers, working with both of them, you can't control what part of your trauma and your unhealed pain comes through. And so I, um, I had to do the work and it was hard. I remember going into my healer and I was like, so can you tell me approximately what date this is going to be all done? Like, when will I going to be all healed and it's going to be over and I can go live my life? And she looked at me and she goes, you're in a cocoon right now, child. And one day you're going to get your butterfly wings and you're going to fly. And when you have your transformation and I, I swear to God, I was like, when is this date? And then I just kept seeing butterflies. I'm like, it's coming soon. And really it was a moment that I, in my life where I started connecting to spirit and spirit was like, you need to sit your ass down and surrender to this process. And so fast paced me had to just slow it down. So then when did you start thinking that I don't want to practice law anymore? I want to do something else. When I started teaching people what I knew, I saw a huge shift in their life. I was like, wow, that was powerful. Like one conversation, I, I was having them with like, you know, Lyft drivers or anybody like, you know, I'm like, wow, the, you, they would, these words would come out of the mouth. You just changed in my life after just such a small time with me. And I said, this is bigger than me. This is something what I came here to do. This is a message and a calling in me. And I said, I figured I had to figure out how to, how to bring this message out. So I started hiring mentors. I started working with different spiritual um, mentors and like business mentors. Like, what am I going to do to cultivate this, to, to bring it to millions, more people? How do I, how do I bring what I learned? And so that's what I do right now. And but when you were having that experience, was it a business at that point or was no, something no. you kind of discovered yeah. accidentally? Well, I awakened to, yeah. I, and it was a struggle because it didn't make sense and I didn't know how to do it. I'm in the process of writing a book right now. Um, you know, I eventually want my own TV show. I know that it'll reach millions. I feel like this is a movement that I've created here right now with the women that I work with, that this is the type of work they don't teach you about. This is not the stuff that we as women are even exposed to, you know, our moms don't tell us here, honey, this is, you're supposed to feel like this. You know, no one came and told me that my emotions mean something. Only success was how I measured myself. And so now that I know better, I'm trying to help other women do the same. So who's your average client? You had started to talk about that a little bit. She, you mean like who she is, like what she is? Yeah, so like who's your avatar or who's- So you know. my avatar woman, um, they range, but you know, she's a highly successful, overachieving, usually entrepreneur. And she's anywhere from 30 to probably like 40. Um, she's had great success in her life. Um, she's not over 40? 
she could be over 40. Yeah. She could be 45. I mean, most of them that I deal with are in this like awakening state too, you know, um, where they're just like trying to question where they are right now. Like she, I, I always say 30 to 45, but I don't know where that came from right now, but she's questioning, you know, what else is there? You know, she has trouble keeping relationships. She's doesn't trust people very much. She's highly overachiever. Sleeping is not always normal for her. She's excessive at almost everything. You know, she, um, she's hard on herself and, um, she's that you. Oh, well, is it you? She's it's always me. Right. It was always me. And, um, she had, you know, it's, it's when you think about it, she's a people pleaser, really bad boundaries. You know, she's over excelling because she doesn't know her own self. She doesn't have emotional self-mastery yet. And she has like maybe a couple emotions, anger, you know, jealousy, maybe sadness, but she doesn't get to the deeper root of, of herself. And she's kind of lost herself along the way. And really the women that I work with, they're, they're such high achievers that they're like, like, okay, show me how. And I have to teach them that the how is not what we do. It's how you be. The being is what we're not taught. We just know to do because we're more masculine, but the feminine is the awakening of our actual biggest superpower that we have that stems from our womb and our personal power. And that's where we have the most success. The most wealth comes to us is when we're in receiving. And most, most of the women I work with, they don't know how to receive very well. They're always nurturing and taking care of everybody else because that's what they know to do. Like I do for you all the time, but then they have resentment. You know, I do all this for everybody else. Nobody gives me a thank you back because they're overextending themselves and they're mothering everybody because masculine energy is mothering, even though they think they're helping. And I did this and like, you're emasculating their significant other because they're telling him what to do. And, you know, and then they're like, I want a dude to throw me up against the wall, but then you're emasculating the man you're with because you're telling him exactly what to wear down to his underwear and what, you know, and so you're not allowing his masculine to rise and us as overachieving women, we don't even realize that, we're doing that on a regular basis all the time because of how we're wired. Yeah. I can relate to some of that. It's hard. You can't control everything. And trauma is like control is a side effect. Like I need to control my entire environment. So you, you know, it's safe for me. So even down to friends, don't do that to me. Don't talk to me that way. Don't annoy me. And it's, that's not emotional mastery. Like I used to do that. Emotional mastery is now, well, it doesn't matter what you say, even if you trigger me, I'm going to choose how I want to feel right now. So I like self-regulate myself so fast. This is what I teach about. So then that you're in your power all the time. You're in a different type of power. You're not in hustle mode. You're in like this divine feminine power. That's interesting. What is your sign? I sound I'm, so- I'm a Gemini. Oh, you're a Gemini. I thought for sure you were a fire sign. Well, there is probably in my rising. I'm very, there's different- there's different aspects of me. Like I, I don't feel like I'm a coded Gemini anymore because I've awakened so many different levels of consciousness in me. So I feel like there's, there's just like the divineness that's coming out. So tell me how you, and especially for the fem squires out there that want to wind down their practices, because shocker, there's a lot of miserable lawyers out there. I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah. And so what did you just cold Turkey close down the firm or did you transition? Did you kind of dip your toe in the water of the coaching business and wait until that was going and then stop? No, I actually had money saved up. And so I, um, I literally pulled the plug. You just wrapped it up and said, I'm done with this. 
Yeah. And I closed up whatever clients I had left. There were a couple did come afterwards in that they were longtime standing clients with me. And it honored, like I, and I remember going to a closing after it was all said and done. And I was sitting in this room with like five other, I don't know why there were so many lawyers there, to be honest with you. And they're asking me what I do. Cause I'd already transitioned. And I'm like, I have the most amazing life. And I'm telling them, they're like, huh, that's fascinating. You do that. You manifest what? And they were like, Oh, and I'm like, Oh, I never want to be in a room like this ever again. Yeah. I'm like, I needed, I needed to go back to that. So I never have FOMO or I never be like, did you make the right decision or wrong decision? It was like another confirmation. Like we out <laughs> like this is like peace. Like I'm yeah, done. I mean, you don't ever, you don't ever have moments like that. Do you, where you wonder, should I have stayed in long? I did. Like when you're doing an online business, you're selling yourself, right? It's not like, you know, your lawyer, here's my skill set. You know, you're branded out to become yourself. Like, here's my business. Here's me. And for people to know, like, and trust you, there's got to be a level of your confidence in yourself about what you're selling, right? So there had been moments when I first started where there was a wobble. I'm like, I can make way more cash being a lawyer when I was, you know, thinking it would be easy. It wouldn't, you know, I don't have to worry about selling myself. And then I'm like, no, that would suck to go back to law. And I took out having that as a plan B for me anymore. And my like business skyrocketed, like the amount of money that I've made. And like, it's just been insane. Well, do you even think of yourself as a lawyer anymore? I do. You know, I keep that identity because I'm proud of being a lawyer because it's an achievement. And I feel like in a sea of all these freaking coaches out there, I have authority because, you know, I'm a professional still at the same time and it is who I am. My license is still active. I'll keep it because I need to throw down, I'll throw down a letter and why not have that? I feel like you don't have to abandon all parts of you. You get to be all of it. If you choose. Do you think that you would ever go back to law? Never. (laughs) You didn't hesitate at all there because the way that I run my business, I'm the owner of a law firm, but I really don't practice law anymore. I have a couple of clients where I'm doing things that don't require litigation, you know, drafting, consulting them, maybe negotiating something with another attorney. But if it ever goes beyond that, if there's ever a motion that has to be filed, and and this is divorce work that I do. So it's a little different than real estate, but I don't get involved in litigation ever. I just don't do it anymore. And I couldn't be happier. I have absolutely no desire to ever go to court again. I, it just doesn't light me up. I, and I've noticed that when I, and I go to bar events to, cause I'm obviously my license is active and I have to go to CLEs and get my training. Uh-huh. Same. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you have to do that. I'm going to ask you about that in a minute, but um, I don't, I feel different than than my peers, you know, the, uh, my colleagues, because they're just in such a different headspace. A lot of them, because they're still in it. You know, they, all they can talk about is law. It's like, they can't talk about anything else. They talk about cases and, oh, well, I went to court and this and that happened. And what do you think? And I just, I'm not there. You know, it's like, I just, it's not interesting to me. I don't really want to talk about it. I'm more interested in, you know, what did you do this week to, to change your life or to move you towards a goal? Like, that's what I want to talk about. Yeah. Same. So tell me how you feel when you go to those CLE classes. So I do everything online. 
So <laughs> yeah, well, everybody's online now. Yeah, I did everything online, but I did go to bar events because I have a couple of attorney friends in the city and they're like, just come on, come to an event. And he was like, you know, the head of um, the, the Latin Bar Association. So he was like, come on, just come on, come on, come on. I'm like, all right. I went and like all these judges dudes were coming out to me because I'm just like, like when you're awakened, you stand out in a sea of crowd of like men, like, cause, cause then they're like, Oh, there's the feminine. Who is that? And I'm like, all right, back up, man, back up. You become so magnetic to everybody, but going like this, this is a true story. I walked into this bar association event and they were like coming, these judges were coming out of, where, where, where do you work? Who are you? And I had no, I just really didn't, I was like, where's the food? I'm like, <laughs> I was like, give me a drink. I was like, where's the food? And I'm like, Martin, I came for you. Like, when can I leave? You know, kind of thing, you know, but well, some of those people might be your clients now though. Well, their wives, they were asked, they were telling me after I talked to them, like my wife needs you because their marriages are on the brink. They're like, they're then roommate status. You know, they're, there's no love in love anymore and yeah i was like <laughs> sorry about the siren sorry i was like this is rare you know i'm like well, not really with chicago um but you know they don't have this commitment level anymore they're just roommates they don't have fulfillment anymore and you know lots of cheating happens this is why divorce happens because there's not this emotional mastery where they're healing their wounds and people are reparenting marrying guys that are like their husbands you know, I mean, sorry that they're like their parent, their fathers, and they've got the father wound, they got the mother wound, and they realize they don't even realize why this relationship is ending. But it's really, it's it's deep healing work that has to happen. Yeah, our parents really fuck us up, don't they? <laughs> like, like every day I go to my child, I'm like, "Are you okay with that?" Because I don't want you going to therapy and telling anybody that your mama did this to you. Like, you know. <laughs> well, you know, I always joke that every, and it's really not a joke, but everyone's going to be in therapy. Everyone's kids are going to be in therapy, and it's just a matter of, you know, what did you do wrong? Like, what yeah. did you do that they're going to be talking about? My kids have really high emotional intelligence because we talk all the time about our emotions. And so my little daughter, she's just, just a spitfire. She's got such high emotional intelligence, like her self-mastery, learning like what her emotions feel. And I mean, she's a cancer, so she's highly emotional. So but she's, she learns, okay, this is how I want to feel. And, you know, I think it's when you start raising them now, they don't have to have as much things happening to their life because they have the self-confidence now and they can choose whatever they want to be. Not who they, yeah. think they need to be. And think a well, lot well of you're also teaching them that too and modeling that behavior because 100%. so many, I mean, most of us, right? We grew up in a family that wasn't expressive or it maybe was. was too expressive. And there wasn't really this conscious effort and this conscious recognition of, well, this is how we want to show up in the world. Exactly. So, so we sound like two people that have had a lot of coaching. Oh yeah. Well, I haven't had a lot of, I've had mentors when it comes to spirit, you know, work, but spirit has been my guide, to be honest with you for the first time in my life, when I was awakening, I started seeing 11, 11, I was taking screenshots of everything. And I'm like, I'm like, what is happening here? My psychic abilities started opening up and being a lawyer, I needed evidence of stuff. I'm like, I was, I had 30,000 pictures on my phone when stuff was happening. Cause I would think a thought and then it would show up or I'd ask for something to show up. I'm like, this is crazy. I feel crazy right now. And, and I went to Dr. Joe Dispenza. He is, um, he teaches about quantum physics and about how you can access the quantum field. And when you're, when you're manifesting and he gave me an understanding of, 
what it was that was energetically happening to me. Cause as I was clearing away healing energy, I was becoming a higher vibrational frequency. So I was connecting to the things in the universe that I wanted. And so when I realized I could tap into this energy, I'm like game on like the, the me that knew I could have everything. And this is literally how I create everything is with this magic. Well, I usually ask this at the end, but what books have, did you read at that time? Like, how did you, you can see embark on that? Oh um, yeah, I know. I love all your bookshelves yeah. back there. Um, you know, Wayne Dyer came to me when I was awakening and his books are really powerful and he's a part, he passed by then, but his spirit came to me and I know I sound really crazy and woo, but let me tell you, if, if there was anybody who would never believe in this stuff. It might've been me. I knew I was psychic somewhat, but I didn't know that there was just this whole realm um, and the power of now. And um, mm. that was by Eckhart Tolle. It was like that book kind of, you know, one of the things about overachievers and especially women who are, you know, in this, I can do battle by myself energy. They're, they're always planning for something else. They're always like what's next? They never live in the moment. Like, even if they're here, you see them physically, their minds are thinking about what I got to do tomorrow, what I got in the moment, like the next, uh, you know, the next moment. They're never here enjoying savoring because they're in their masculine so much. When they're in their feminine, you savor, you savor the moment, you be in the moment. And what the power of now tries to teach you is that this moment is all we have. But many people, when they start reading that book, they can't process it because they don't have the consciousness or the awareness or perspective yet. I remember the first time I picked it up, I'm like, oh, I don't know. And then the second time when I went through it, I'm like, I see why I wasn't ready the first time. I had the exact same experience. Right. I picked up that book. I don't remember when it was years ago. And I was like, this is stupid. I'm not <laughs> reading this. I thought it was so stupid, honestly. And I put it to the side and then years go by and I don't know what brought it in front of me again, but I was definitely a different person the next time. Yeah, it was ready. Gotta and be I ready. picked it up and it just clobbered me over the head. And I, yeah. I thought it was amazing. And I actually want to read it again. I feel like it's one of those books you should just read like once a year. Yeah, you know, I just talked to another gentleman. He's doing my, um, he was doing one of my, he was helping me with some copywriting stuff. And he said, you know, I read that book every day. I pick it up and I open it up and I read a passage or something from it. And I, it's something new and it hits me something different. And I said, you know what, that might be something I need to start doing because it was a book that did change my life. Um, and, um, you know, I feel like there's, I read, I'm an avid reader. I read probably two books a week. I love reading. And so whatever's in the moment for me to expand on, I read on. What are you reading now? I'm reading right now is Dear Lover um, by David Dieta. Is that how you say his name? Is that about, fiction? No, it's about awakening the feminine. And it's about allowing yourself, because this is the work I still work on because I'm, you know, reprogramming myself to be open to receiving more and more love and to be able to receive more love is to receive more wealth. And I'm ready to date again. So I'm like, I'm opening my heart up now. And most of us that have been in our masculine or higher achiever women, we block it off. we lock our hearts down. Even when you do the spiritual work, you'll still heart lock your heart. So I realized like there's time to open it up. I was ready. And so I'm doing all the work right now for that next level me. Why did you decide to be celibate for a period of time? So I had a couple girlfriends in my life. Cause when you start, when you become divorced or you separated all of a sudden, like party friends come in, like, let's go to the club, like, and let's go dancing. And I was like, where'd you two come from? Like when I was never married and one was divorced and I'm like, Oh, there's my new friends. Yeah. Like hi, best friend, you know, we're going to go out. So we were going out every weekend and we were partying nonstop. And I was, I wasn't dating. 
Um, but um, we, I saw them going on dating apps and I'm like, I was freshly out of a relationship that I was in for 17 years, like, you know, with one person. Yeah, and then I saw my friends time. like going with other dudes. And I was, I said, this is the life that these single ladies are doing out here. It, it was exhausting to me. I had a four-year-old and a five-year-old. I had young kids too. And I just couldn't imagine having to date. And I said, there's something deeper going on. Cause I saw how they were going man to man to man and nothing was changing within them. I said, I could do a codependency thing and go meet somebody else. Cause I had so many offers at that time. Cause as soon as they're like, she's free, let's come in now. Like they came out of nowhere. I'm like, what? Like SOS was sent out or something like the signal. And, um, I did go on some dates and I, and I, I entertained some things and I realized I, I am not ready for this. I realized that I would have bypassed my healing again if I didn't go into my monk mode and I didn't want to use another relationship or another event to take me out of the thing that I needed to work on. And I saw how these other women weren't that very happy and they were settling for other relationships. Yeah. I also saw other friends getting married on their second marriage after two months, they said, you know, after two months of knowing each other, they're all of a sudden in this deep relationship and they were married for 20 years. I'm like, you need to go do your healing work, babe. At some point, this marriage is going to come back at you, you know? So I didn't want to be that statistic anymore. I was already one being divorced. I'm like, it's time to change my timeline, my daughter's timeline and everybody that I'm around. How old is your daughter? She's 13 right now. Oh boy. Just getting into the teens. Oh yes. And the boys and all the things. And yeah. <laughs> Although I think, I think they're more advanced now. They're, they're sort of like teenagers before really they're 13. hundred percent, hundred percent. You know, she, uh, she's also experiencing now like girls that are coming up to her and like your friends are, you can't be too pretty, you know? And it's just that, that same stuff that you, this is what starts when like women who are lawyers, they have this drive in them that are different than other women. They have this, we are too much for a lot of people. We speak our mind, but as a young age, we're told not to be that way. We're told fit in more. And this is where you asked me why I became a lawyer. I was always speaking up. I think there's a, a common thread for many female lawyers. We have this fire in our belly, you know, that we have this different type of um, energetics than maybe somebody who's going to be a doctor, you know? And so, um, her, her friend that she was just nearly hanging out with, I guess they hung out and a, a boy liked my daughter and followed her on Instagram. And the friend got upset and she said, why did he follow you? And she's like, I don't know. I don't even know who he is. And um, she's like, I was talking to him and my daughter's like, listen, you can't, you can't be mad at me. You can be, you can, you're allowed to be jealous and upset, but you can't be mad at me because I didn't do anything. And she, she blocked the kid. And I, I had talked with her and I said, honey, I go, this is the beginning of so many women that are going to try and have you play small and have you not be in your power and not let you be the greatest you. I said, if you keep meeting your girlfriends at where they're insecure, then you're never going to shine. It's never going to feel safe to shine. And I said, I never want you to ever do that again. You, you do things in alignment with you, but all of us at some point when we were younger, we're told that we have to do things. So friends like us, so we make our friends feel safe, you know? And so it's not, true. it's not how we need to be raised. And I want to rewire that. Well, that's why you have to be careful. Well, it's a little harder for a 13 year old to do this, but not impossible. You have to really curate your environment. hundred percent. Around you. Who's influencing you. And that's something that I didn't learn until later in life too. So I'm glad to hear your daughter's learning that real early. Yeah, I, it's, it's hard. 
talk to me a little bit about, and then I know you have to run because we both have appointments, but tell me, can you talk a little bit more about this feminine versus masculine thing? Cause you've said it many times. Sure. This is like, it was like a brand new world to me. I had no idea. Um, so when most overachiever women, and I'll find that I can actually look at a woman and I can tell you right now, if she's in her hardcore masculine, I could see it in her face, how she dresses. What am I in? Um, you're a mix. You're probably a little bit neutral. You, you sway in, in both a little bit. I think you're moving to your feminine a little bit more, but you still have ma- You still have some healing to do. Like I feel like I could see that in you. And, you know, and I read this on people and don't take offense to it. I, I still have healing to do too. And I, it's never done this work. And that's a thing that I realized like when I was asking the, the, the therapist, I'm like, so when's it going to be over? It never was the answer. Never, never was the answer. She didn't tell me that shit. Um, I would have scared you off for sure. Hell yeah. <laughs> never woman. You're going to be forever awakening your consciousness as you're in your human experience, you know? Um, but I can tell their sexual position. I can tell them, I can tell everything about this woman that I work with and how unfulfilled she is. I can tell that she, her best sex that she has with a man is like, Oh, we've got this deep connection. You know, he knows me so well, but she doesn't open her heart to him, but she thinks she loves him. And it's like trauma sex because when you're in your masculine, you never open your heart to anybody. Really. You let people in on little increments and when vulnerability is really hard. I don't ever want to be vulnerable because if I'm vulnerable, I look weak. And if I'm weak, then I'm not strong. And then you can take advantage of me. So they have a shield. They wear masks. They have this persona that they create. In the feminine, she's healed through a lot of things. She realized it's safe to be who she is. She realized that she's had a rough road and that's okay. It makes her, it makes the recipe of her beauty. She also knows to lean back and trust herself. Listen to her intuition in a way she never has before. In the masculine, you're always trying to do, conquer, move, create. How do I make it work? How do I make it work? It has to work. In the feminine, oh, I know it's going to work. Messy or not, here I come. It's like, you know, it's like, it's happening. That's my tagline for everything. It's always happening. Yeah, I can see that. That makes sense to me. Thanks for explaining that. You're welcome. Um, When is your book going to be out? And tell us how we can find you if we're interested in working with you. Sure. Um, It's going to be out later this year. I'm actually working with my book writer. I'm getting on a call with her right now. (laughs) And um, so I have a couple of things. If women in your environment want to maybe activate their wealth and they want to go into a deeper feeling of, you know, their getting into the wealth vibes, it'll start awakening some portion. I have got a meditation that's free. They can, um, they can go to my Instagram and they link and they can go in there in my bio and they can download that. My Instagram is Shamina is S H A M I N A T A Y L O R. And you can go there, follow me, connect with me. I'm on Facebook. You can friend me. I think I'm over my limit now. So people have been following me, but send me a message and say, Hey, I heard you on, you know, um, the, it's the femme, the femme, the femme uh, squire series, the femme squire series. And, um, I loved your, I loved your message. I want to connect more. I have private coaching. I'm booked right now though. I have, I can't take any more clients on, but I have, um, I have group programs that people could join that are where I do coaching. Um, there's so many different aspects. I have tons of programs. So reach out to me and, um, I'd love to help you. Well, I'll put everything in the show notes so people can easily find you. But thank you for sharing your story. And I'd love to have you on again sometime. That'd be awesome. I'd love it. Thank you for listening to Wake Up Call, the podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. 
If you'd like to know more about me, you can find out more on my website, christinaprevitt.com. And be sure to sign up for my newsletter where I talk about everything that I'm reading, learning, listening to, doing, basically everything that I'm obsessed with right now. Follow me on social media. Look up Wake Up Call the Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you'd like to be a guest on Wake Up Call or there's someone you'd like to hear on my podcast, please email me at wakeupcallthepodcast at gmail.com. Thank you and see you next time.